I'm back on the Thrivecast again this week, and I've uh, got a special guest with me today. Good mate and uh, long-time friend, um, Ben May. Um, for those that don't or do know him, he's uh, he's uh, over 100 Super Rugby uh, appearance gentleman. He's also uh, a store and senior for the Maori All Blacks, but um, and he's played uh, a bit of a he's a bit of a journeyman to be honest. He's played in all sorts of provinces, north and south. So um, welcome to the Thrivecast. Ben, it's been a bloody long time between drinks, mate, I tell you. Yeah, hey, bro. How's that? Um, yeah, Taz, I was just thinking about it uh, when you when you contacted me, and I was like, jeez, it's been probably 20 years since we hung out back when oh, we were mate. 19, and just, uh, yeah, it's, and we've both done a lot since then, so... I know, man. It's been, um, I'll tell you what, Bam, it was like, I, I actually can't even remember the last time that we probably caught up in person and we've, we've been ships in the night quite a few times on hunts and all sorts of carry-ons since then but I reckon it's got, it goes all the way back to when we were probably in our 20s early 20s and probably had boots on our feet and you've obviously uh, transgressed that and, and gone and played a lot of um, sort of higher honours over the years which has been amazing to see um, I actually remember Ben I remember I can't remember when we played Ben was probably Canterbury under 21s or 19s or something I think you were playing number 8 back then but you've you've upgraded to, to a multi-use prop now these days yeah, man. Um, yeah, they were the glory days back then. Uh, young and free and didn't have a lot of responsibilities. And, um, you know, footy was just a good excuse to have a good time, really, back then for us. Uh, I actually remember the first time, I think maybe when Dave Perrin was probably one of our coaches back then, I remember sitting in the sheds at Maris or something and we were about to play a, a trial game. I mean, I, I didn't know anybody because I come from the North Island. I was playing down in Canterbury and I remember... Bamo walks in there and he was all of all of bloody seven foot to me anyway, but I, I couldn't believe the size of the man and um and I was happy to um to know that he was playing on my team for the day. So um he's a he's a colossus of a of a human. So um no doubt there's a few fellas that have worn your shoulders over the years. But um no, like I said, Bam, it's great to um great to chat to you. But like I mean, I, I don't want to talk about your footy career because you probably spent a lot of time um, talking about that, and and no doubt with the um, season sort of in jeopardy and stuff like that. It's uh, interesting. But I, what I was kind of interested to have a yak to about off the bat was um, was I know you're a super keen outdoorsman, and if any of you out there follow uh, Ben on uh, on his on Instagram page, you see he's behind the rifle and he's out in the hills, and when he, like even in lockdown, he's 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 smashing up and down those hills, training fitness, and you're shooting gongs and all sorts being a professional footy player and 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 making your cross that way but also trying to do stuff in the outdoors how's it how have you managed to balance that over the years like you've had you know we're what in our late to 30s now and you've been playing since we were 20 you know 20 professional yeah. so um what's the sort of stance amongst all the sort of franchises you've played for and in, in the union like how have you been able to fit that in but also where do you stand in doing that sort of stuff with uh, with your teams yeah, so it's, it's it was really difficult when I was a young fella. Um, obviously, we're just for people that don't know, we train six days a week and we start at eight a.m. and we finish at five. It's just a normal a normal working gig, really. So, and, and the added fact when you get home, you're buggered, you know, all day running around and things. So, it was really difficult early on, but you know, the rugby was exciting, travelling around the world. Um, and, and all that, but I think a couple of years then I sort of I sort of realised shit I'm missing out on something here, and I and I was missing my hunting. I wasn't doing a lot for the first couple of years, and uh, so I started getting back into it again. Um, 
because bear in mind, I grew up in Murchison and that's all we did. It was our spare time, pig hunting and hunting. So it was a good, you know, have a break from it. But um, the juggling act began. Um, and as you know, there's a lot of planning and all sorts of these. And if you do a lot of alpine hunting, which is what I'm really passionate about, I love yeah. getting out um, in the Southern Alps and just in the back of Canterbury and or anywhere in the Alps. And, a week, a week's always not enough time, but um, that's all you sort of get. So, uh, yeah, just planning and putting it into, um, you know, we get two buys a season. So they're just, everything jam-packed into those. Come hell or high water, the weather can be horrific sometimes, but I just go. Yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen, yeah. I, you sent me the pictures and stuff of that, and it's like, I'm like, it's like mid-season, and I'm like, how the hell are you on the West Coast chasing Tara now? Aren't you playing the Brumbies or something tomorrow? Like, so yeah, I've always taken my hat off. You've been able to fit that in. Like, it's hard enough doing just the hunting like I do, um, and work, let alone having a front up on the field, like week in, week out. So um, it's interesting to see how you've been able to fit that in over the years, and um, as your career's gone on. What's the like? What's the sort of stance like formally with some of the teams you play played with? Like, do they are they okay with you guys hitting the hills? Because I know like a lot of the boys like down south. I mean, I've chatted to guys like Luke Romano, obviously, and and the Whitelocks. They're all keen, mad keen hunters too, just to name a few amongst the troops. But like, what's the what do your coaches and stuff say when you when you're like backing up in the week to go for a pig hunt or like go and chase a deer in the Alps? Yeah, so we get Wednesdays off and we always go hunting, but they hate it. And, and they've tried to ban us, like, no hunting. Because it does, you know, like, big day on the hill will, will tax your legs. And it's supposed to be a rest day, getting ready for the weekend. But the boys go hunting. And then they, they've tried to ban us and this and that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Super Franchise is happy with their boys out hunting all the time. Um, but, hey, it's a lot better than gaming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and, and there's, a, there's much to be said about it too. Like a, a bit of like sort of, um, what do you call it? A bit of mental health and sort of health and well-being too. It's a, like a mental release. And that's what a lot of people that aren't in that, in that realm or don't do a lot of hunting and stuff is that there's a, there's a sort of like a, almost like a spiritual component to it too. For me anyway, it's like a place where I go and sort of hit the reset button and you don't get all that noise from the modern world. You're just focusing on day to day and getting from here to there yeah. and, yeah, that's it. There's nothing better than getting up in the dark, getting to your spot, doing a good hour in the dark, grunt, and then you just, you know, the sun comes up midweek and, you know, you're just like, oh, man, this is, I'm hunting. And I'm so far away from rugby and so far away from town. You know, there's nothing better than that for, uh, for mental health. And, you know, one, one thing with footy is you need something else um, to have a break because it's pretty PC you, you sort of got to be you know you're on show all the time when you're out in public you, you can't have grumpy days you've got to be you know happy and smiley and you know people give you give you a few words of advice and other people are you know just want a photo and things so you, you're always on um, on the go and rugby's just I mean Hunting's just one of those things you get out and it does anything goes. Just chill. No, that's good. That's good insight actually because I don't know a lot of people um, see that, especially with you, with you pros. It's sort of like um, there's other stuff that you guys are not, they're not just defined by your rugby. There's there's other things that you've done in your lives out off the field that, um, and that's the case with a lot of guys too. And and uh, you know I 
I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I donned the jersey with you in those early days, but you obviously transcended into into the higher ranks and played on. But like, yeah, I, I even remember back then, like having that passion was still something that I did, and not a, not even a lot of guys that I played with or even know now that knew that I was sort of into it. But I, I think I kind of probably fell off the scene, and my my love for the outdoors sort of probably uh, hit another gear, and you boys carried on. But um, going back to you know, you're talking about these early starts and and a way to sort of like um sort of break out and get away from the spotlight a little bit um where did where did all this originate from you like what gives you the connection to the land and, and how you you know how's it all stem from like, like take us back to where it all started from you when you first sort of got into it yeah so i grew up in murchison um little sort of at the top of the west coast um in south island then like I said, there was sort of nothing. We just lived in it. We lived in, it's a lot of native beach forest there and, and we just lived it. Um, and it wasn't really a, you know, a passion thing. It was just what we did. Um, you'd, we'd be out pig hunting before rugby on Saturdays as a kid and then right through to seniors, you know. And you'd be, when I got a bit older, I was praying we didn't get a big bore or something way back because um, I'd have to carry it out and then play a game of footy. But, um, I think it was just sort of there since, um, also my, my old man was in the game recovery and I sort of came along at the end of that in 82 um, and there wouldn't have been, I can hardly find a, a baby photo where I'm not sitting on a dead deer with, in front of a helicopter, you know, so. Yeah, well that, you know, that, that's a that's a real um, historic part of the New Zealand sort of deer story, you know, as there's the venison days and, and the chopper days part and parcel of living out there eh? like it was happening everyone was in it so um that's a pretty yeah. cool story like to be involved in those early or you know coming coming sort of off that line of involvement yeah yeah so it's just in there and, and when i moved to christchurch and met you um to the big smoke i called it um i sort of lost a bit of you know it was just all new i had to evolve to the city kid and and that was tough. Uh, oh, mate, let's be then, fair. There was there were a lot of distractions, weren't there? Yeah, exactly. A lot of leaning on so, bars going on and a lot of, uh, lot of uh, shenanigans going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then when I, when I realised there's something missing and I haven't been hunting for a long time, I got back into it. You know, I was only away from it for three years or whatever. Um, it was just ingrained and I was just away and I found... I found um, that you know, I need it. I need it to be happy, and uh, <clears throat> I just love being outdoors. I don't even nowadays like I seriously don't shoot that much. I'm a, I'm a trophy hunter, which you know is out there for whether that's good or bad. But I, I literally just love spending a week uh, in the hills and and not just being there. So yeah, being out in the out in the, out yeah. the wild wilderness. Yeah. I know, like, and, and yeah, now, now things are you. I see that you're able to, you know, like, you've, you've really sort of uh, bolstered the, the hunting side of things, and you've got you seem to have a real good balance there with footy and 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 uh, married life and and uh, being able to still get out in the outdoors. And, and now you're in, um, in sort of the lower North Island. I always see, you know, you always send me photos, I'm always seeing you on bloody Instagram. You're at the range sending down projectiles down to that gong. Talk us through, like, maybe your favorite setup that you're running at the moment. I know you've got a few. and and uh, what are you, what's your weapon of choice at the moment if you're heading, heading to the Alpine and the South Island? Um, I've done the full circle, tried, tried most things, and I've gone back to the old 300 wind mag, just uh, on a recent build. Um, I, I had a trip 
um, booked for overseas in, uh, in November. I was going hunt Ibex and that sort of brought me back to, shit, I've got all these flash calibers, but if I get there and I can't get ammo, I'm going to be using a 303 carbine that one of these Pakistani blokes has set me up with and it's probably open sights. I said, oh, geez, I don't want to pay all that money to go and shoot my big Ibex and then be running that. So, uh, yeah, 300 wind mag, you can get ammo for anywhere on the planet. I mean, there's... So either you're in the you're in the 300 camp or you're in the seven mil camp, and I yeah. think if you're, if you're running those sort of standard calibers, you probably won't find yourself in too much trouble over in those parts of the world because for hunting you can find yourself caught short at times. I even had guys like tra- traveling over to me to Victoria to Samba to Samba hunting, and for whatever reasons, been issues with their rifles coming into customs, and they've had been they've been sort of uh, taken off them and uh, and whatnot, and then they're sort of cooked and having to borrow a rifle for you know an 18 day hunt. Um, and likewise with for readily available calibers, that's for sure, especially up in those real remote parts of the world. Um, yeah, exactly. So you, what are you doing at 300 now? Is that your sort of main, that's your mainstay? That's what you're... Yeah, yeah. A couple, couple of things, couple of things I've built it for. This, this latest one is, it's just, I just wanted to build the lightest, um, but I needed Magnum and... Um, you know, 30 cal bullets and the 300 wind mag's been reborn with longer magazine lengths and seating depths. I won't get into all that, but it's basically a it's a pretty good hot rod um, reborn, really. And it's that whole rifle scoped weighs about 7.6 pounds. Um, what optics are you running on the top of that thing? Uh, Night Force, yeah. Just, I just, the thing, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a rough bugger. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm a big unit, and uh, and I've and I've got a combative sort of nature. Um, hard. He's probably what he's trying to say is he's bloody hard in his gear. Yeah, I just don't piss around really, and I I've got I, I struggle. Uh, getting up the Alps is hard enough for me, let alone pussy footing around with gear. They're, they're tall at the end of the day, and if you're not using them, mate, you can't baby them. Um, you, mm. work. you spend all that time developing loads and making sure they're doing their business and uh, you can't baby them on the, on the mountain, that's for sure. <laughs> Total opposite of, of rifle hunting. And I know we've sort of been going back and forth over the years with the, with bow hunting. Um, and I know you've picked up the bow in bits and pieces. Um, how's that journey going for you? You feel comfortable behind the string still or you're, you're sort of aiming yeah. to do more hunts with the bow? Yeah, so I've sort of done, I've done a lot of long range shooting for, you know, since it sort of, before it was a thing, I started doing it. Um, I did shooting at school, so I, had, I already had a bit of background in, in longer shooting with the 308 and that. So um, I just got a bit sick of it, you know. I, I went on a fair bit of a rampage for 10 years there doing it, and um, I just was found myself, you know, not really enjoying the whole... Yeah, it was good, you know, but I just need another challenge. So you know as well as I do... Um, getting into 20 yards on an animal and um, and being able to take it is, is awesome and it's um, and that's what the bow gave me so and one thing with me if, if I'm doing it I'm full on it I don't sleep I just train for it and um, I shot the bow for I shot the bow for probably a good six months um, without even taking it on game I just 
still take the gun, but I'd be shooting that bow and I had things set up and downhill and everything. So I just went full on into it. Uh, it's probably four or five years ago now, five years ago. And I've managed to take some um, some reasonable animals, reasonable trophies with it actually now. So, yeah, so oh, I just love it, mate. And it's one of those things you've sort of got to say to your mates, hey, look, we're only taking the bows. And a lot of the boys hate it, but the, some of the boys that are bow hunters get it and it just changes the whole dynamics of a hunt and you know that. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's just that dimension, eh, I think, and, and you like on the same, it's just that one of those, it's just like that extra sort of dimension of challenge that bow hunting presents. And I don't know, for me, it's just like, it's way more sort of intimate relationship with the hunt and you, you just feel more, feels more primal to me kind of more natural to me it's it's good i'm sort of glad when i saw you decide to pick up the bow i was like ah oh, this will be this will be a good journey and i'm actually glad you stuck it out and, and sort of through going from rifle to bow it can be quite hard to make the transition and, and, and like you said dedicate those just bow hunt home but um yeah. it definitely adds to the stoke factor when you do finally get that arrow into an animal you know as you say within 20 so meters you know and and Going back to, I just sort of want to go back to rugby a little bit and uh, and and talk about sort of life after rugby and life. we all know that rugby's got a sort of a life shelf life and then you sort of transition to something else. And I know that you you've got other things in the back wings that you're working on and um, in terms of outfitters. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you got cooking? Yeah, so um, yeah, I've probably stayed around in rugby for too long. It's harder to get out than it is to get in, but. Um, Mate, I was gonna, I was about to say, like, honestly, break if I walked out in the field and took a few hits, I reckon I'd snap into a million pieces. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So, just one of those things. Once you're in there and you're just doing it, you just you sort of wake up ten years later, you're like, should I better start? Um, uh, yeah, I might have to think about finishing up. So um, that time's coming, um, and I've set up just me and a good mate that used to play, uh, used to play rugby with Adam Hill. Uh, we set up a like an outfitting. Um, sort of operation and um, in a nutshell we're nowhere near where we want to get to but um, we just want a one-stop shop for uh, we started with a bit of guiding and we're breeding a few stags and uh, we sell and we're both deer farmers at the moment I got a I manage a deer farm here out of just out of Wellington and and Hilly manages a big one down in Queenstown so we just love deer, really, and so we sell a few trophies to uh, various outfitters and um, do a bit of. We mainly cater for the um, sort of the New Zealand hunting community, just free range, uh, you know, wild stuff on on farm. But we we and we obviously got the big the big boys as well. But um, where we're heading to with that is a website where you can. Um, jump on, buy good quality hunting gear, um, custom rifles, um, and book hunts and just yeah, right. uh, all sorts of things really. So um, we're just in the process of setting all that up. Obviously you've got to do quite a bit of stuff to import um, firearms parts and that now, but that's where we're heading. So yeah, it's just one of those things to, I guess the, the passion for the hunting community and we just sort of want to um, just carry that on really. Yeah, no, you, it's good. Like they say, you're like tying a passion into, um, into making it something that's uh, profitable is, is, is a good, good route to go. Like if, you, if you're invested in, in it and you enjoy it and 
why not make it something you can do? And, and like yourself, like you've, you've managed to do do both uh, with rugby and and uh, and hunting and stuff, which is kind of awesome to see. And hopefully that really goes well for you. But I reckon you've got a few few seasons left on the paddock, mate. That, that <laughs> rig of yours is in pretty good condition, albeit large. Uh, talking about like talking about keeping uh, keeping fit, um, what, what are you doing at the moment to keep those uh, legs in order for the hills, but also um, keeping them fresh for the footy field when, when things sort of uh, turn around? What's your sort of fitness regime? Yeah, so when we... Um, I've actually been flat out on the deer farm, just tidying up, um, getting weaning sort of done and, and and doing a few shit jobs, building a few fences up on the hills and that. So um, I said to, said to the boss out there, when lockdown's on, let's just do everything old school. So he was like, oh, yeah, sweet. So we've been lugging posts up hills and digging all the, you know, and rocky shit and, and all that um, just by hand and, and old school wire strainers. But, so that's been good. But also, I normally do a circuit every morning uh, for an hour, just a body functional one, um, just to keep the big rig moving. Otherwise, um, should probably, I'll never get back moving. But, um, and then I've been doing, actually, I've been doing quite a bit of pack. Oh, I pack train every day. So, yeah, do, that, you've, been, uh, you've been loading that frame up, good 25, 30 kilos, and just hitting a 10K march ruck. It's been pretty good. Yeah, so I bought this um, thing when I was in the States, and it's just a packed frame, and you can put just normal weights on there. And, oh, I thought, oh, bugger it, I'll give it a nudge, because I always sort of struggle. Rugby fitness is completely different to hunting fitness. <laughs> You're fit, but, you know, I'm 127 kgs and then you put 20 kilo pack on and all of a sudden you're up around the 150 and you know it's that's a lot of gear to lug around so i feel like a bit of a midget weighing in a dripping dripping wet buddy 80 kilos or whatever i am like um yeah that's that's a fair bit of uh fair bit of load to push around the hills um so you're saying like the transfer between what you're doing for, for, for rugby specific stuff and and the hills like there's I guess the transfer over is not that great, especially when you're talking like multi-day hunting and stuff like that. But do you feel that um, the other way, when you're hill fit and you're fighting fit for the mountain, do you find the the, the footy side, the aerobic side, a little bit easier, or um... uh, not really? Because footy's like go go go, and it, you know as fast as you can run, you've got to be doing that all the time. And hills, you know, like six days on the hill, you're, you're getting your lungs a gas, but it's just a constant grind and it's com- sort of completely different. But I guess as a general, it's hard to say because I've always been general fit for rugby and the hill. So um, I dare say there's plenty of guys out there that are, you know, the old lungs aren't used to getting that sort of, that much burn on, whereas, you know, it's my everyday life. So, um I probably don't notice. Oh, but a bit of contact is. in there, and she, she's a whole different ball game, eh? When you're on yeah. the field, and you're in the thick yeah. of it, um, yeah. most of the time too. So, um, going back again, all the way back to uh, to to hunting again, like I've asked, and I've asked a few of the boys, like Yuli, just recently had a chat to him. Like, what's on the sort of uh, wish list for you coming up? Like, is there anything on the list that you're, you're keen to knock over soon, rather than later? Yeah. So I had, um, I was going to tick off a few sheep around the world. Um, in the next five years was my was my major goal, and I was starting with the Ibex this year. But that's obviously up the creek at the moment, so it's um, it's a little bit gutting um, because I know you know like twenty years of, 
professional footy is going to take its toll. So I don't know how much longer I've got for doing the big the big missions in the hills. Hopefully, still I'm 60, but you know I've, I've had two knee reconstructions. Um, you know, a lot of operations on ankles. You know, it'd make most people just you know wouldn't even dream of getting as many ops as I've had. But um, so one day it's going to give up on me. So I just wanted to spend the next 10 years really getting those major sheep hunts and around the world done and, uh, you know, sort of saving up for those and booking them and doing them. Oh, like I said, mate, you're in, you're in pretty bloody good nick for uh, someone our age and, uh, you know, doing it week in, week out, plus the hills and the farming. So you're, you're, on, you're on track to, to do it right. Last um, two questions, pretty short ones. Uh, going back to rugby again, like, out of all the games you played, um, uh, professional games you played, like what's a what's a match that's really stood out for you in your career that you you know you really look back on and go, oh man, I was really it was really great and I was happy to be involved in that game. Um, probably the British and Irish Lions. Uh, got to it was play your debut, was uh, As a Crusader. No, oh yeah, Crusader. That was just the Lions. Um, that was the Super Rugby franchise Lions. Oh yeah. Um. Back, back, way back then, but no, the British Norris Lions, they toured here. Oh, yeah, the, the recent tour. Yeah, I can't remember when it was, but I ended up, I played for them for the Maldives, uh, against them for the Maldives, and um, and then I swapped sides and played the other side for the Hurricanes, so. Yeah, awesome. It's a, that, yeah, that was just, you know, I've never been all black, and, uh, and yeah, that was test match sort of quality footy, and it was just awesome, you know, and it was a Huge opportunity that a lot of people don't get to play those sort of games. Um, so yeah, they were probably um, probably the ones that stood out the most. Hell of a hell of a uh, level to be playing at, and uh, the, the old Lions tours don't come around that very often. And you've managed to sort of have a couple of bouts of them uh, in your career, so it's just testament to how long you've been strapping on those boots for, mate. Um, yeah. <laughs> the last one to finish off, man, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. What's a Bam May special breakfast look like to fuel that huge carcass of yours, mate? <laughs> what's on the, yeah. what's on that breakfast plate in the mornings when you're getting up to do those before those workouts or you hit the hit the hills for the farm? Yeah, see, bear in mind, I grew up um, a farm kid, and my old man would he'd either go out in the chopper and do a full morning run and just come and have a big feed at about ten, or um, so basically. Sausages and eggs, a few tomatoes, hash browns in there. Uh, if I've got some black pudding, I'll bang that on there. Um, but that's honestly, like quite seriously, I, I pretty much cook that up most mornings. <laughs> uh, and then I just sort of charge from there. But I don't tend, if I, if I eat that in the morning, I don't tend to eat a lot during the day. And then I have a, a big old um, feed at night. Um, any sort of meat with three veg as me. I, I've never really been one for the diets, as you can probably tell. Um, but yeah. Oh, it's that's me. a pretty hearty sounding buddy breakfast. Throw black pudding in there. Anything black pudding me, I'm, I'm in. But um, I, I I had no doubt that there'd be a big hearty sort of breakfast there fueling that man, that mammoth of a man. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably leave it there. Bam, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of time. I really appreciate you coming on and having a yak and hopefully get you back on at some stage. We can talk more pointed details stuff around hunting and maybe even some of your long range stuff that you've, you've done in the past but um 
mate, it's been an honour. I've been able to play with you in the past, but also hopefully we can lock horns on the hill um, soon. I mean, I don't, I can't even count any hunts that we've started and, and actually got on the line. So hopefully we can make it happen before either your knees or my knees give up. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. And it, it's tough, eh? Busy lives and you've got all these things going on trying to make a dollar. So um, it's tough to, to, like you say, not just be ships in the night crossing. So um, we'll get one sorted and I'm pretty keen to uh, get out with, on the bow with you. So, oh, look, we might have a bit of time on our hands after after this COVID thing settles down, eh? Yeah, bro. Well, like I said, man, always good to chat and uh, we'll see you on the flip side, bro. Hey, yeah, bro. Sweet. <laughs>